Hello, and welcome to a new edition of the Wingbacks Wall Forward podcast. I'm joined by my fellow friends and co-hosts. We have Rashad, Shomik, and Ryan. Now, it is the Premier League season, so, well, it is the start of the Premier League season, so we're going to give you our 20 to 1 in order, so who's going down, who's making Champions League, who's going to get relegated, I'm sure we all say Arsenal, but um, yeah, and then we'll also talk about um, our various teams in more detail, so we have United, City, Liverpool, and we'll probably touch on Chelsea. All right, so let's get started. Guys. Who did you have going down? Top, bottom three, relegation. Give us some, some brief, I guess, reasoning. Watford, Norwich, Brentford, the men did in, not as good as the other ones. They're going to be going down, in my opinion, Ben Cat. In that order? Uh, yeah, so Watford 20th, Norwich 19th, and Brentford at the almighty 18th. So close yet so far position. Mine's nice. similar. I had Norwich 20, Brentford 19, but I had Brighton down at 18. Reasoning briefly is that they're all teams that play expansive football but do not have the personnel to do so. However, as we speak, Brentford are top of the table, so who knows? Interesting season ahead. Uh, I've gone with uh, Norwich, Watford and Newcastle uh, to be relegated this season. Personally, I think Brentford... um, I did think they were going to stay up. It's their first season in the Premier League. I think they'll be really hyped up with their fans. Fans are back. It'll be a huge, huge um, ask for them, but I think they're capable of doing it, and they certainly showed it against Arsenal last night. Um, but, yeah, those are my teams to go down. Think out what were yours? I had Norwich as 20th. Nothing really says to be said about here. I think they haven't improved enough. Uh, Watford in 19th, same thing. Haven't improved enough. And I had Brentford in 18. So I had all of the three promoted teams. Um, it's not good to do it, but I just don't. I think there's a level of class and there's a big, big quality difference between the three teams in the relegation zone and those in who have survived. All right. Uh, back to you, Ryan. 17, 16, and 15. Who survives just? So at 17th, I've gone Aston Villa. Uh, reasoning being Grealish is now gone. Um, I have a feeling that a lot of the other teams have made like pretty decent signings, but you know, Villa, Villa have lost one of their best players, if not their best player. Um, so I think that will hit them quite a bit. Also, I believe they have managerial changes as well from memory. Uh, is it? Do they have managerial changes for Villa? No, they still have Dean Smith. No, oh, they still Dean Smith. Uh, John, so. John Terry left. John Terry left. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. That's yeah. So they're, they're, so they, they they've lost a few driving forces in their team. Uh, so it would be interesting to see how they go. I don't think they'll get relegated, but they'll be very close. At 16th, I've gone Brighton. Again, um, I don't think they're extremely horrible um, to go relegated, but I think they'll have a pretty tough season this time around. Um, and then at 15th, I've gone Newcastle. Newcastle? Newcastle. Um, on the basis that I think, um, again, they usually do float between 15th and 10th most of the time. They haven't really shown much promise in recent seasons, nor have they really dipped the transfer market a whole lot. So for me, they're going to be sticking at the 15th position. Does Willock's signing not change that in any way? Uh, obviously, Chris Willock? No. Joe Willock. Joe Willock. Potential Joe Willock. signing. No, it's done. It's done. Is it done? Oh, it's is it done? It's been asked, yeah. Right. Well, 
I still put them at 15th because I have better reasoning for the other 14 teams, if you will. Uh, Rashad? Yeah, so for me at 17th, I had Newcastle just surviving the drop, 16th Burnley and 15th Watford. Uh, with Newcastle and Burnley specifically, they both get about like a £2 budget every window, so there's only so much you can do. And Sean Dyche is working wonders keeping them up like for so many consecutive seasons in a row, but they are going closer and closer to the drop. Newcastle, I believe, will have just enough to survive just due to the fact that the teams below them are just slightly worse or a bit more expansive. I feel as though Steve Bruce can at least keep them somewhat organised and at least scrape through near the 40-point barrier that they need to survive. In terms of Watford, I believe Deeney will lead them to a season of safety in the top flight. It might be a bit in sticky in patches, but they do have previous Premier League experience having been in the division for at least five or six years in a row previous to their drop from which they came up straight away. So, yeah, that's my reasoning for those three teams just surviving the drop. Dominic? I've gone for Brentford just surviving the drop. Like I said, I thought they were impressive last season. I think they're going to be a good, good team to stay up. Um, Brighton at 16th. And I've got Burnley at 15th. I do feel Brighton are just staying above and Burnley, like Freshab said, sort of similar to reasoning. They are getting closer and closer, but Sean Dyche is, just knows how to stay up, I guess. So, Venkat, what was your 17, 16, 15? I had Newcastle. I think we've all discussed it, but Newcastle just never looked good, especially in pre-season. But they always stay up, and that's what will always happen. Um, we'll go 16th as Southampton. I just I don't see where the goals are coming from, unfortunately. Um, Vestergaard is a big loss as well, and possible James Ward-Prowse exit is not going to make any better. Um, and then 15th, I had Palace. So I think I've, you know, I've mentioned it privately to you guys, but I just don't think Vieira is good. And it, it could, I could have egg on my face at the end of the season. And this is one I really feel like they could genuinely be 10th or they could genuinely be relegated. And just to bring up the name again, just to remind you guys, Frank de Ball. I was just about to regarded, say, <laughs> highly regarded at Ajax, came into Bristol Palace. Didn't win a game and didn't score a goal. So, Palace is a poison chalice of some sort. Our Nostradamus might have just announced Crystal Palace's new manager in about three years' time. Frank de Boer to move to the Premier League it's to take over done, Crystal no, Palace. I, I, I well, once, once again, no, once th- again. I think Venka's got a point there. I think, I think Crystal Palace is a recently they've, they've sort of been at, at a place where they can stay up and they've sort of been that consistent side. I feel like Vieira coming in will will change that. He will try and put his own influence on football, on, on Crystal Palace's football. Whether they can adapt and sort of score more goals and, and, and sort of defend better, you, you never know what Vieira can do. They're a very, very big question mark this season that, and it's an unproven manager. So there is a lot of doubt around Crystal Palace. I think they've got enough quality to stay up though, Venkat. And I think I think that's where they probably avoid the drop. Um, and I've sort of got them Ryan trying to take over the 14, 13, 12, and I'll cross to you in a second. But for me, I've got Palace at um, 14th. I've got Southampton at 13, and I've got Villa at uh, so I've got Southampton at 12. Um, reason being for those teams, 
I just feel they've got a slight edge on the teams that we mentioned below. I mean, Villa, Ryan, I know you said they were 17th, but for me, I thought they made some really good signings to replace Grealish. Um, Bay, um, no, Bailey, um, not Bay. <laughs> Leon Bailey, and then we've got uh, Emmy Buendia. I don't know how to say that name, but he was very good in the championship last year for Norwich. And then you've also got, um, they brought in Danny Ings from Southampton. So who's who had a really good season last last season out in the Premier League? So I think I think those teams are, are going to do well. They might even go higher than that. Ryan, no, fair. Actually, before we go, I just want to quickly ask you guys a very good question. Do you think Palace are too? Or, or do you think Palace? I guess the reason why they've been staying up for a long time was because of a reliance on Roy's tactics. Or do you think Vieira will come in and change that, or do you think he'll sort of improve 100%. on them? Because it's going like, to be more attacking. It's going to be yeah, more attacking. I think, yeah. I think Ryan, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there. Like Roy Hodgson's tactics, tactics are built for survival in the Premier League. Hundred percent, not for uh, dominance. That's for sure. No, not, not for dominance. And I don't think mm. Palace. I think Palace's. I think Palace's owner um, has sort of targeted Vieira because he wants to move the club in a direction mm. of of where to go. And I believe I believe that Vieira. They. I believe he thinks that Vieira can do it. Um, I mean, you never write off a Premier League winning invincible captain, but I mean, we've seen captaincy is different to managerial yeah, I know, style, I, know. I, I suppose. I, absolutely, and so that's why Crystal Palace have such a big question mark. Mm. Um, you know, Vieira could do wonders, and I'll be very interested to see how he sets up against Chelsea. It's a very tough ask for his first game week, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does it. Two London teams. Just, just quickly on Palace, I do think there are some good signings in there, and if. Personally, I feel like if they do stay up the season and they do go, whatever, 10th or 15th, they will build on that. But at the moment, nothing to me, nothing suggests that you've got to consider that go. you've got to consider that Eze was the best player last year and he's injured for a long time. He's not he's not coming back for a while. Don't forget that I think with Vieira coming in though, I think different players will react differently. You know, it's, it's, for example, how when Pep came to City, for example, lots of players who maybe didn't do as well beforehand started to shine. So it could be Vieira might choose to favour, let's say, for example, more attacking but players. But a world-class manager well, compared to Vieira. Okay, fair, fair. But, but, but one thing that Pep and Vieira have in common is that they're both legends of the game. And I think that itself might play into how he decides to tackle. But I mean, but I mean like, Ryan, just real quick, you look, at, you look at what Lampard did at Chelsea. He brought, like, to be fair... You brought he brought in youth at Chelsea and he sort of founded that Mount James and Abraham sort of Chelsea youth spine that will be in that Chelsea team for years to come. Mm. So I think there's a difference between a Premier League legend coming in, like you said, and a manager with a great experience like Pep. Mm. I'll be very interested to see where Palace goes and, and that is something that we'll touch on throughout the podcast this mm. season. But what was, was wait, your 14, Just wait, what, one more thing, just to end it really quickly, just one last thing I want to say is that I also think to an extent that with Crystal Palace, or if you compare it to Lampard, CP's um, expectations as a club are not as high as I say as, as Chelsea's are, right? Of course, Chelsea went on to win the UCL titles. The, the, the expectation they have is to contend for that title, to contend for international football. I think it's better to see Vieira coming into a team like this because... You know, it it, it 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 there's no necessity to essentially dominate, but rather slowly build their way up, and that actually moves into my top, my next three. So at 14th, I've got Burnley. Um, I think Burnley are, are actually a decent club. They're not they're not a bad club at all. But I think if you look at the other teams above them, they don't. I don't think they'll stand an amazing chance this season. 
Um, at 13th, I've got Southampton for the same reason as Mencat. I just don't know if they're going to do a very good job up front. And at, at 12th, I've got Crystal Palace. Um, again, we've, we've discussed why, but I think, look, they've hovered between 11th and 15th, or I think 16th, since they've been promoted to the Premier League and stayed in. I think it was the 13th, 14th season. I, or somewhere around that point in the timeline, they got promoted. And since then, they've stayed between those two. I feel like they're not going to excel beyond that this season given the managerial change but it'll be interesting to see um you know where where they end up uh Rashad, yeah your... so my 14 13 12 14th i had palace you guys had a lot to say about palace i think that's the most airtime they'll get in any sector anywhere that's brutal yeah. that's brutal <laughs> well it's true just uh they're just like a mid-table mediocrity sort of side but yeah in terms of Vieira going there I don't really get where you guys have all this managerial hope from him. He did fail at Nice where he did have money to spend and he got them knocked out of the Europa League and he did We should preface this actually. The first season at Nice was good and Nice's second one was yeah. Nice was a shit first show. season I think he got like seventh place and then the second one he got knocked out of Europa League and like had five straight losses. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He's only highly regarded at uh, for highly regarded managerial experiences from like New York, so Take that as you will. Uh, in terms of another thing I wanted to mention about Palace is you guys talk about Kane a lot being this golden cage. Have you guys thought about Zaha? That man's been wanting to leave Palace for like three years now and Palace is like, nah. So it looks like he's going to be staying there pretty much until he retires. In terms of 13th, uh, I went with Southampton, similar to Ryan. Lack of goal threat up front. Possible selling of Ward Prowse leads to creative like lack of creativity and Vestergaard at the back is a huge loss to Leicester. And at 12th, I've gone with Wolves. With Nuno gone, I see them slipping back uh, towards the table from their Europa League finishes to the mid-table. Bruno Large is highly rated from Portugal, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how he transfers over to the Premier League. I do know he's more attacking than Nuno, so obviously that will take time to uh, develop his playing style on the team and that will lead to a season of transition, I believe. All right, I'll end it up on, I'll end it on my uh, 13, 12, wait, 14, 13, and 12. So I have uh, 14th as Burnley, um, as you all know. Oh, as most of you actually don't know, but our, we all love Burnley, the four of us. Um, we believe Sean Dyche is a legendary manager of the game. Um, but obviously we wouldn't, uh, if you knew our ethnicities, we wouldn't fit in, but still love him. Anyway, uh, 13, I have Brighton. And I have a soft spot for Brighton. <laughs> I, have a, I have a soft spot for Brighton. I really do love the way they play. I, I think it's just one of the most exciting teams to watch. They always take it to the opposition. And they actually he never left. <laughs> he's in pain. Um, <laughs> So I do think Brighton, and you people will say Brighton, uh, Ben White is a huge loss. I don't think so. I think they have enough depth at centre back. They've just got to find the goals. If they find the goals, I do see Brighton moving up, moving themselves up to thirteen or even higher. Yeah, and then in twelfth, I had the mighty West Ham. Um, Europa League. There's nothing really much to say about this. Europa League fixture congestion, lack of signings. We can end it there. I do think Milankovic, if he does sign for West Ham, is a good one. But as of now, nothing. Lingard hasn't gone back. So 
it's it's unlikely, but I'm just going for West Ham twelve. And we'll move to our eleven, ten, and nine. So heading into the top top table, top of the table, or our first top half of the table. Ryan, let's go. Yes. So. Um... 11th, 10th, and 9th, very interesting. At 11th, I've got Wolves. Uh, departure of Nuno, obviously, um, is a big a big thing. Um, at least to say, look, I don't think they're going to... They're not a very bad team. They're still... And I, and I will say this again, that I think as a City fan, I've seen the um, the things they can do to top table teams. Uh, they are a bogey team, um, and they do put up a very good fight against title contenders. So for me, I think the departure of a very respected manager in that regard um, is detrimental. But I still do think that they do have a pretty good shot at staying in the top half of the table. But I put them at 11th because that's where I think they'll end up. Uh, at 10th, I've got Leeds, obviously coming ninth last season. Um, a very interesting team, a very fun team to watch. Definitely put up a good fight in the first few games of the last season. So it'll be interesting to see where they go again. And at ninth, I've got the Hammers, the mighty, mighty Hammers. Again, I'd love to see them contest for Europe, but I just don't think they have it in them to do it this season again. So for me... Um, they do not make the top eight teams. Yeah, my um, 11th, yeah. 10th, 9th. So 11th, I had Everton. Shomik probably does not want me to talk about this, but Benitez is back on Merseyside. <laughs> He's back on Merseyside. He is a better, you could say, coach than Ancelotti. He will get more out of the players that he does have. Ancelotti is more of a... Um, he is more of a world-class... Not world-class manages world-class as players, whereas Benitez has the ability to sort of get more out of a substandard sort of bunch of players, as he did with Liverpool between 2004 and 2010. At 10th, I've gone with Villa. Um, I sort of disagree with Ryan saying that they haven't made, like, great signings after replacing Grealish. I think they've made some fantastic signings, replacing him with Bailey, Buendia. They got Tuanzebi on loan from us. And who's their other sign? Oh, Danny Ings. So, yeah, they have. I believe they will have enough to challenge for the top half of the table. And at ninth, I've gone with West Ham. With the Europa League football, I do see them dropping back from their sixth place position uh, that they had last season. But they do have enough quality within their starting 11, at least, to challenge for the top half. And Moisey's still trying to walk around the Premier League saying he should have gotten more time at United. But, you know, that's another story. So, yeah, I'll hand it over to Shomik. Um. Yeah, I think for my thirteenth, twelfth, eleventh, I've gone with no. Sorry, twelve, eleven, ten. I've gone with uh, Villa at twelfth. Uh, I think they're gonna eleven, ten, nine. Oh, 11, 11, 10, 10. nine. Sorry. sorry, Wolves. I think Wolves at eleven, like Ryan. I had um, them. It's a period of sort of transition. New manager. Um, had to be Portuguese. Nuno departing is going to be a big loss for them, but I think they've got enough quality over the teams ahead of them, uh, behind them. Sorry, a tenth I've got Everton. Now I obviously despise Everton, but um, I do actually want to touch on this real quick. Um, I think Everton are going to have a really difficult season, and I I watched the overlap um, the other day, and I wanted to touch on Jamie, something that Jamie Carragher said. Liverpool fans actually love Rafa Benitez. So Liverpool fans are actually, we, we will always love Rafa Benitez because he's led us to UCL glory. 
And I think I think that fact is going to bother a lot of Everton fans. And when Everton actually appointed Rafa Benitez, I did some research into this after Carragher just spoke to the other lad. A lot of Everton fans are not happy that he's been the guy to take on Everton. And I think, like, if if Everton go behind to Liverpool at a Merseyside derby, like, that's just going to cause chaos at Everton. And I feel like the season could really unravel with a Merseyside loss, which is actually quite likely given the, the difference between the two sides. So I think that there's a lot of mixed feelings going into the season for Everton, and I think they will struggle. I could see them going lower, but they, they do have some decent players in their team. Um, Another thing, Shomik, is the fact that you, you love Rafa, but you don't think of him as a threat. So you, even though he did go to Everton, like Liverpool fans... Yeah, abso- are, oh, yeah abs- right. absolutely. Like, I, think, I think if we were in a position where we're still a banter club and Klopp hadn't taken us to where he's taken us, I think it would hurt Liverpool fans more. But, you know, Rafa's managed Newcastle. He's not done amazing things. Yes, he can get... I agree. I agree that he can probably get more out of the squad than Angelotti did. Um, and he's got some good players to work, work with. I think, um, you know, obviously not guilty anymore, but um, he's got... He's got uh, James Rodriguez. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, that's, Dom- that's for our lawyer. <laughs> Dominic Calvert, Lewandowski, um, and so he's, he's got some decent players in in the team, and I think he might he might get a bit out of it. James for four games a season. Yeah, and and, and interestingly, the the three of us had uh, West Ham at ninth, so I do think that West Ham are going to go a little bit further down in comparison to where they were before. I mean, they have made some good signings themselves. I think Ariola and Gold is a really good signing for them. I actually think they're getting rid of Fabianski yeah, finally. Um, that's been a huge moment for them in the defensive and the goal goal threat um, position. So uh, that's my uh, 10 to 11. Um, so so uh, 11 to 9. So Ryan, what was your 8 through to 6? I think it might be good to do eight. We'll, we'll do. Oh, oh yeah, Venka. Yeah. Also, I think we'll what we'll do is after this, I think we'll then go eighth and seventh, and we'll do sixth and fifth, and we'll do the top four because that's the European positions you have as well. Yeah. yeah. So yes, Venka, go on. All right. Eleventh, I have Wolves. So uh, Wolves, obviously, I think Richard um, touched on already. Bruno Large, good manager. Um, Kachi was um, in charge of building a really strong backbone. At Benfica using youth players. So, something that he could do it with um, you know, Wolves, obviously, Fabio Silva, Pedro Neto, or young, relatively young players that can be molded. I, I recently found out that uh, Mr. Ruben Neves, someone that we've been linked to the job, is only 23. He feels like he's been around forever. Yeah, the man looks like 27. He's got a thick beard. Yeah, that's right. So I had levels. I, I was, was going to say right? 20, 23. Have you seen them next to Jao Moutinho? They look identical, fam. And Moutinho, <laughs> Moutinho is 35 years old. <laughs> yeah. So I do think Wolves can be a surprise player this season. I think um, Ryan already mentioned them as being a bogey team. So I don't think it'll be... It's a sore subject for me. Can, can, we, can we move on from I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think it'll be a bogey team in the city this season, but they will... Um, cause some upsets. 
Tether had leads, pretty much standard. I don't think leads are good enough to win, get anywhere close to the top nine, but they're not good. They're, they're good enough, sorry, to be above the bottom 11. Oh, yeah. That's it. There's nothing really much to say about leads here. Villa, I think we've already touched on Villa. And I know Ryan obviously said that he, they aren't good, but I don't. I think they've addressed issues from last season. Obviously, Gorge is a huge loss, but they found a source of goals in Ings. 15, 20 goals a season, hope, you'd hope. You'd hope. Um, they've created chances. They can create chances using Guendria. And then Leon Bailey is a poor man's. Um, Sterling? Poor man's, no, no, not Sterling, bro. I'm thinking Daniel James. Ouch. It's harsh, but no, no, he's good. No. Leon I, Bailey is going to contact you in a second. Then, <laughs> I'll say one thing that's interesting but, too is that I think it's also with Grealish. I think the reason why I put him down so low is because they've also lost the captain. And that's a big thing too. Like, I can imagine City not having like, the thing is, I don't think that matters company. because Mings, Mings is a good enough captain anyway. I think Mings. I mean, we don't know the inside quality. story of that, do we? Okay. Really? I, I, think I, it, I, I think you've got to consider that, Ryan. Like, I know, I know Grealish is like their boyhood, like academy superstar. Villa, but, yeah. But I think, I think you've also got to consider that <laughs> he gave them a hundred mil and they spent on that on three quality products. True. One one un, un, unfinished product in Leon Bailey. I think he's got a lot of potential, and I think that's 100%. why they paid so much for him. Hundred percent. But I think I think that that sort of mitigates the the sort of Grealish loss in a way, and I, and I feel like there's going to be some excitement at Villa because they've been able to spend money that they didn't have through the Grealish sale. So yeah. for me, I think three of them equate is better than one Jack Jack Grealish. Yeah. I think you know, see, I think my 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 sort of thing with it is that when Company left, for example, that was a big loss to City, right? Because I don't think any. I mean, in more ways than one, he was a very headstrong captain. I'll leave that up to interpretation for you lot, right? But he was a he was. I think that that sort of personality, I don't know, with me, I don't think you can buy a personality for a hundred mil. You can't buy a personality for anything. You build it with the club and nine years at Villa, obviously was, was what Grealish was there. Plus obviously, I mean, he was there not even nine years. It was 18 because he started off in their, um, in their youth from six years old. So you're you're right. Look, you've bought, you've bought quality players, Bailey's a lot of potential, but I, I don't think Villa will be able to do what they did last season, this season. Everyone's going to first settle into the fact that their captain's gone. We'll be interesting to see how they go. But yes, anyway. Um, Just on that, I do think that they have a lot of captains within the squad. Like Ings, obviously, is captain for Southampton or was captain for Southampton. Mings is obviously a ruthless centre-back. In what ways you guys are, you guys can um, Zlatan is not happy. <laughs> Zlatan wants his year back. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so I do think... think- just one last thing I'd like to point out. I do think that with Villa, I do think that Grealish leaving is a big loss for them. But what I will say is that there is there is a sort of theory going around that they were sort of prepared for it because Grealish has been linked away from Villa for a long, long time. And I think I think sort of in the summer they were sort of resigned when when they sort of had the season that they did last last year. I think there was a feeling among the Villa camp and the board and the sort of directors that in the club hierarchy, 
Grealish was leaving. And I, and I think that's part of the reason why it won't affect him as much as sort of big presence in the dressing room like company because for company, he's a leader of a big, big club. So where is he going to go until when he finishes his career? But for Grealish, it's like, well, there's a reason why he's leaving. And he has been linked away. I think he was linked with United a year ago. And there was a sort of a £65 million bid put in for him and it was knocked back. It was around 80, actually. And 80 million. And it was I remember we at the time, United fans at the time, thought that's excessive. And we are. That's why we went to the Yeah. So I, th- I think there's sort of the sort of feeling that Grealish was going to leave and sort of inevitable. And I, I think that's why it probably won't be as big an impact as sort of company leaving or, or a Henderson leaving or a Agreed. Van Dyke leaving. Also, um, when Villa just survived the drop in 2019-20, courtesy of that like goal line technology mishap against Sheffield United, but I'm pretty sure that summer itself is the is when Grealish signed this new contract with this release clause of 100 million. So, I guess they were already preparing from like a year ago that this would eventuate, and it was something that Harry Kane should probably take notes from. All right, we should probably move on. Um, hey. And seventh, so these are conference league spots. No, I think seventh is a conference league. Eighth is just out of Europe. So, um, lads, I'll start with Ryan, actually. Um, eighth and seventh. Okay, so at eighth, I've got Everton. Rafa Benitez has joined the club. Joined the club. Obviously, departing Don Carlo has gone to Real Madrid. But in fairness to my, to my explanation here, Benitez has managed a Merseyside club before. He's won a Champions League as well. I think, look, of course, Ancelotti is a fantastic manager as well, but in all seriousness, I think Everton do have it in them to, to at least contend for a European spot this time around. Um, they've got quality players, new managerial change. It might be a good thing. I'm banking on the fact that Benitez has done well in the past, um, which might be a, a good driving force for Everton to really charge forth for European football here. But I don't think they'll be able to, because at seventh, I've got Arsenal. Now, this is being recorded after the um, 2-0 loss to Brentford, so I've actually changed my predictions. At 18th, I've got Arsenal, and at seventh, I've got Brentford. No, I'm kidding. But um, in all seriousness... Brentford's uh, first, actually. <laughs> look, I think in all seriousness, with Arsenal, it, uh, it's not nice to see them obviously lose on, on their opening day, but without Lacazette, without Aubameyang, you know, what do you do? It's obviously your, your talisman out there, but... Again, with Arteta, do I have trust in him? Absolutely not. Um, I don't think he'll do a fantastic job this season. Um, you know, I they, they bought, what, Ben White for, was it 50 mil? Was it? Something yeah, like 50 that. Mil. Right, 50 mil. Well, that's great, great for them. But um, I, I, it's that, that's all they really dipped into. I'm not too convinced that they'll do amazing this season. But you can't write them off. You know, they're, they're still one of the original top four and now, you know, part of the broader top six as well. In saying that, I don't think they'll condemn in the top six, but they'll definitely, you know, push for European football. So I've put them at seventh. Yeah, so my eighth, I had Arsenal. They're going to do the treble, finish eight, three years in a row. That's that's a good treble for them. Although the only sort of factor that could push them up the table is by how shit they were last season is the fact that they have no European football this season, which means that they can solely focus on the league. Their squad depth is also pretty trash. Their starting eleven is not even that good. So 
they have a lot of issues that they needed to address. I'm pretty sure if you guys have all seen like Arsenal fan TV and stuff, they have they had key areas or like positions that weren't addressed prior to the first game. And the fact that they do already have Chelsea and Man City as their next two games, it's foreseeable that they will have zero points out of the first three games heading into the international break. They still don't have a backup goalkeeper. They're heavily reliant on Emil Smith-Rowe for creativity, which poses to be an issue. Aubameyang and Lacazette are way out of form. They got a, a captain who's told the fans to F off and has put in two transfer requests to two different clubs, hasn't fallen through and they've given him a new deal. So I feel as though that they're in a bit of disarray at this point. Arteta is basically just Pep's cone man, and I don't really know what Wait, I don't how, knows what he's doing. How how could you forget their best player, Martinelli? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, they have. That's <laughs> their one shining light as a club is they do have mm. very good young talent, but you can't put so much pressure on a bunch exactly. of twenty to twenty one year olds to carry experienced stars who are delivering well below average. Unless it's Phil Foden. Unless yeah, that's like your one academy graduate. But all right, yeah, sure. Unless he's Phil Foden. So, yeah, that's why I've said Arsenal at, at eighth. That could also, to be honest, they could have a, either extreme of a season. could be way worse than that, or they could at least uh, be in the European places. So, let's see. But their first opening day loss against Brentford did not prove to be a great starting point. At seventh, I've gone with my surprise of the season. I've gone with Leeds to finish seventh. They, they play some high-octane football, and a thing I would say to all football fans who don't watch is if you want to get interested in the sport, it would be to watch Leeds. They play a highly like aggressive and high-octane game that's very open at the back. But if you look at their form at the back end of last season, they only they had 7 out of 10 wins. And they had their centre-back back after injury. I forgot his name, but he led to like a high percentage of clean sheets when he came back. So yeah, those are my two teams at 8th and 7th. Chomik? Um, I've gone with, uh, I've gone with, uh, Spurs at eighth. Reason being, I just don't think that Harry Kane and Son can lead this diabolical team to a European spot. I mean, I just... I, I like to see that you have so much, uh, confidence in Levy that you're like Harry Kane staying. Yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of obvious now. I think, I think... I think Levy is just being like, I'm going to keep you for one more year, no matter what, and you're going to have to pay $300 million. One more year till 2027. Yeah. I, I think I think City will eventually sign Kane, but I think they'll do it next year. Um, right now, I think, I think if Harry Kane stays at Spurs, yes, they're eighth. Um, if they lose Harry Kane, they could be at 12th, like genuinely. So they're, they're just such a shocking team. Um, and I, I just don't see, like, where they can win games. Like, if you're losing to Newcastle and Joel Linton, like, like I'm sorry. <laughs> There's really – you can't call yourself a top six club. Um, Arsenal at seventh. Now, this is dependent on Arteta being sacked. I think Arteta – He's going to be sacked in the first two months of the Premier League season. I just don't see him being at the club. He. Please reiterate your Vieira Arteta prediction. Oh, I actually think that Vieira is going to do a decent job at Palace and he's going to get the job at Arsenal after Arteta gets sacked. 
Now, that is obviously a very bold prediction and dependent on a few things, but I definitely do believe that Arteta is going to get the sack in the midway. He's probably going to be the first manager sacked in the Premier League this season. Um, but like you said, Arsenal, a lot to like about them, their youth. They do have some bright moments when Arteta is probably in the stands uh, managing. Um and I think that the fact that they're they're not in European football, uh, that could help them. And they've got the league to focus on. Uh, I guess that's is it me? I think Ryan you all done. Yep. All right. Um, eighth, I had Arsenal. Like as Ryan, as Charm and Ryan have both said, if Arteta is still in by the end of the season, they're eighteenth. Um, but I think. Yeah, I, I, someone's going to come in and fix them up, and they'll get to set eight. Uh, they'll get to eighth. Um, we've already actually talked about this a bit, but I had Everton at seven, and this is on the basis that Benitez overperformed at every club he's ever been at. So if we say twelfth, he's definitely going to overperform that, and that's what he does. There is obviously a factor of oh yes, Everton, the fact that. He's probably going to get booed off the minute he loses a game. And he's probably going to get threats the minute he loses a, like loses to um, uh, and, at Anfield. And I think they mentioned the overlap, but it's going to be crazy. If, yeah. But um, I'm sticking with my seventh prediction. I do think Benitez is a quality manager and they'll find a way. And this is coming from two people that I've hated him over a long period of time, right, for sure. We do think that he's a quarterback. He's fantastic for the club. Sorry, speaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to touch on... I think we've all touched on eighth and seventh a bit. All right. Europa League. Sixth and fifth. Right? You're now, up. I've got a controversial one here, but... Okay. I'm good. If, if, if it's okay, I'm going to give you my sixth, fifth, and potential fourth, just because I can't really decide between fifth and fourth, and there's reasons why. But so at sixth, I've got Tottenham. Um, Kane, playmaker of the season, golden boot. He is the shining star. Um, obviously, Son, great player as well. Deli Ali, it's all right. He's, 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 he's okay, I guess. You've got um, is that Hugo dependent Lurie's. on him staying? So what if he leaves? Well, okay, if he leaves, Tottenham are in, in the gutter. I think I'd, I'd probably put, honestly, I'd probably shift them down to, I put Arsenal at six, then I put Everton at seventh, Arsenal at eighth. I'd do that. I think they'd shift down a few places. But I, I look, they have quality. And um, I think new manager as well, Nuno, would be interesting to see how he goes. He's, he's, he's kept Wolves alive, and they've almost contested for European football. And, and I, I would... I would be happy to say that um they're like like Wolves' club are not as good as Spurs. I think the quality you have in that team is definitely better, but the manager I think needs to, needs to be better. Look, Spurs with a very similar team, you know, two, three years ago, came third in the Premier League and made a UCL final. You know, so for me, I think they still have that quality just about getting a manager, you can understand that. And at fifth, now at fifth and fourth, I can't decide who I'm gonna put them both here. So I put Leicester at fifth, but also Liverpool. Or Leicester at fourth, but also Liverpool. So it's going to be one or the other. And there's reasons why I have that. I think Liverpool, they Liverpool are a fantastic team, right? No doubt. But unfortunately, they are extremely injury-ridden. If it happens again this season, which it, it could and it might, then um, I, I don't think they'll be able to contest for the top four, given that they are quite reliant on their first team. In saying that, though, I think if Liverpool don't go through many injuries, 
they could definitely get in that top four region. Another reason why I, I put them both, I guess, together is because Liverpool have not made a bunch of signings this season, or at least signings for places that they need to. There are links, and look, this prediction will change if they do sign, you know, wingers and midfield and a CDM accordingly as well, which they need. If they do do that and have backups for it, I don't think injuries will affect them too much. The reason why I put Leicester up here, and I think this is, again, a testament to how they've been playing. I think Leicester are a very respectable English club because they've done it without spending bucket loads of money. Yes, they've received considerable investment, but it's nowhere near the other top six clubs, I would say. And the fact that they've managed to stay within the top six for a while now and win, obviously win the Premier League and, and make it into a UCL you know, knockout stage, I think is pretty outstanding. And look, Vardy's what, 35 turning 36. The Vardy party is almost over, but I do think they have a lot of interesting players. You've got Tielemans. No, he's moved, hasn't he? Um, no, no, Tielemans is still there. Sorry, you've got Tielemans, you've got Madison. Um, you know, you've got a lot of... I mean, Harvey, that's, that's what Barnes. Yeah, Javier Barnes. That's it. Yeah. So, they, they, so you've you've got a good range of players, and they've done in in past. You've you, you Kante's from there. You've got Mares from there as well. Schmeichel. I do think he's to be replaced, but he's still a world class keeper. And we saw that during the Euros as well. So, for me, I do think that they will come either fourth or fifth. If Liverpool make correct signings, you know, are not injury prone throughout the season, I think they'll be pushed to fifth. But I'd love to see Leicester contend for European football again. A thing to note, though, obviously, is they're going to have European football this sem, this sem, this year, um, and so that could definitely play into um, into their fitness and obviously how ready they are for games. If I'm Brendan, I'm thinking I'm going to contend for European titles. You know, I'm not going to win the Premier League. I may as well try and win a trophy or get close enough to winning a European trophy with a Championship club or a recently promoted club, if you will. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, so that's my um, sixth, fifth, and fourth. But if I'm if I'm being serious, uh, if Liverpool do hold it out throughout the season, I think it's going to be Tottenham and Leicester taking the two Europa League positions. Well, Ryan, brief question for you: Do you think yes. that Brendan Rodgers will prioritise Europa League over the league? Suppose they're in like I don't know quarterfinals of Europa League towards like my okay. All right. Uh, look, it is dependent on the kind on, on the. I think it's dependent on schedules as well. It depends who they're coming up against in the Europa League. For example, if it were, let's say, just for, for names, like if United were playing the Europa League again, I don't think Leicester could be United, right? Um, I, well, of course, as United fans, you might think differently, but I think in, in United have had experience in that field, right? And, and they've, they've done it once. They, they've they've had, you know, I, I think they would be more likely to win out Leicester. But if they, if they think they have a pretty good shot of it or they've been in extreme form around that time, I think it just comes down to what is more winnable, right? Or what is more attainable, right? And that will change throughout the season. I think if they're in the quarterfinals and they've got a pretty good road to the final, I'd be prioritizing Europa League. But if I'm coming up, you know, against harder teams, let's say, you know, for example, you know, if, you, if you've got Inter or you've got... Um, Any team managed by Emery. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Or Villarreal, for that matter. I don't know if I don't know if they're contending for the Europa League again. I don't know what they came league. They are not, um, but they can if they like not get knocked out of the CL. Okay, right. So, so, so they are playing the UCL. But what I'm trying to say is that if you have like those teams are quite like, big players as well. So if you're in the quarterfinals and you got a good road, I'd be prioritizing that. Otherwise, it would be trying to contend for a top four position in the Prem. I think they can do it. My, what are we up to? Sixth and fifth. Yeah. All right. So sixth, I had Spurs, but that is heavily dependent on Kane staying, as you guys all mentioned. If he leaves, they're going to plummet down the table because he's literally, you know, the definition of carrying the team on his back, he's actually doing that. Like, it's just him and Son, and that's about it. I do think with Nuno coming in with his um, preference to play a back three, 
that he might make them more defensively stable, but as Expression said, he wants to play three at the back, but we don't have three enough good defenders to do that, so it also depends on, like, any incomings they would have from a defensive standpoint, because they look all over the place. Both North London teams look very defensively susceptible, so that's something for them to address over, over the next couple of weeks in the transfer window, but with Levy's mind only focused on the Kane... Yeah, exactly. We, which they probably won't, and with them focused on the uh, Kane deal, especially to keep him, I do think that they will have certain deficiencies, but you never know. Nuno is a sort of, you'd say he's boring Portuguese manager, which is funny that Kane is like, you replaced a boring Portuguese manager with, with another boring Portuguese manager, but I do think he'll at least try to make them tough to beat, so that's why I have them at sixth. At fifth, I've got Leicester. I do think they might just marginally miss out on the top four again, but they're punching well above their weight. They've got a fantastic, fantastically well-run club. They've won the Premier League, FA Cup, and Community Shield in the last five, six years or so, which is pretty remarkable for a club of their size. They've sold players for huge profits after signing them, Kante, Maguire, Mares, Chilwell. So they do have cash to spend. They're, Madison's been targeted by Arsenal, but they're under no pressure to sell, so it'll be interesting to see if they need to replace him. Yeah, he's been linked with them, I think. But it's Arsenal, so who knows if they'll ever put like a realistic enough bid in. But I have, them, I have got them at fifth again. It could be three years in a row that they just miss out on the on the top four. I'm not sure it'll be like the last couple of years where they're in it for like a sustained amount of times. I think that they'll just be pipped to the post uh, by fourth place, which I'll mention later. But yeah, they are a well-run club. I do see them, side note, I see them winning a trophy. They already have them, technically, you could say the one community shield. I, I see them winning like the League Cup or the FA Cup this season. So I see more silverware for, for Big Brendan. And he's doing a fantastic job at the club. But they are some of their players are running towards the end of their cycle in terms of like Vardy and so forth. Schmeichel, I think, world-class. I think he's got another like five, six years left in him but yeah i've got leicester at fifth Shomik? yeah i've got i've got leicester at fifth but my sixth is uh marcelo bielsa's motorball leads and the reason why i've done that i think leads are a really really exciting team to watch for sharp like you said Bamford, Rodrigo, they made some really good signings last year and you're probably seeing that influence into the team towards the back end of the season. Uh, you saw that really good win over Spurs, 3-1. That's really good results. Obviously, sorry, Ryan, Man City with a man down as well, 2-1. Like, that, that's not an easy feat. Like, that's, like, right, I'm not trying to banter you. Like, that was an insane... No, fair play, fair play. Like, for a size a club of Leeds, I mean, they're, they're just... Awesome to watch, uh, and I really liked Yorkshire Perlow sort of m- controlling the def- the midfield. And I thought he was, I thought he was England's standout player in the Euros as well. Um, so I, th- I thought he had a really good t- summer tournament, and I think he'll be really impressive this season again. The reason also why I've put them at sixth, fans are back. Elland Road, massive, massive thing for Leeds. Leeds, Leeds were once. The kings of the Premier League as well. People, people forget that, and and sort of competing with the United, Liverpool, Arsenal for the top spots, and and to see them going back down to the Championship, they still have retained an amazing fan base. On, the, on their fans, actually, they they're a one 
like their town, like Yorkshire is just like a one town club. So that's the only club in that town. Hence why the fans being back is especially important for Leeds. Yeah, Elland Road is a fortress. And I think that Bielsa and Leeds will be definitely boosted by that. I don't know if the White Rose derby is at United tonight. Um, yeah, it's at Old Trafford. Yeah. That okay, is correct. Okay. Uh, but I will be very, very keen to see the first game back at Ellen Road. I think that's just going to be an electric atmosphere. Um, and so I've got Leicester fifth. I think enough's been said about them. Already. To be honest, I, I could see them falling below fifth as well. Uh, I think this season, like Vrishab said, it could have a end of cycle feel to it as well. But they've got a very they've got a very good run well run club. I know Brendan Rodgers has had his problems at Liverpool, but he's done well at Leicester, and you can't knock him for that. Um, they brought in some good players as well. Really excited to see what Paxton Daka is going to do, um, sort of as a replacement for Vardy for the long term. Uh, he was electric in the Austrian league, and I know Liverpool were linked with him earlier in the season. So um, in the transfer window, but Leicester snapped him up. So. I'm really excited to see what these two teams can do. I think they're going to play very attractive football as well. Um, and I, and for me, I think Leeds are the ones to watch this season. I'll wrap it up. Um, I feel like I've been very optimistic about one particular team having fifth. But I feel like there is... I'm contingent on one thing going right. So I'll get into that. So for sixth, I had Leicester. Um... And I think this might be... Are you going to say Arsenal? No, 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 no. I already had Arsenal, mate. Oh, okay. Right. There's another team coming. Um, Bayern Munich or something. <laughs> that's it. That's, it. that's the one. Oh, no, you better. Yeah, I had, um, I had Tottenham in six. And now I have reason for this. And yes, you guys have lost, laughed at me in the past, but I, I, I have been vindicated, so I will say this. I do think... Romero is a huge signing. I think this is Diaz level signing. So Diaz, Maguire, Van Dyke level signing. The man literally helped, like, was one of the key elements in Messi winning the Copa America. And this this could be huge. Like, I know we've kind of like, I think we've all, I think personally, lots of people have like brushed it under the carpet, but it's a good signing. It's a very, very good signing from what I've seen. Sorry, just one question for you, Venkat. I know Romero is a big signing. Yeah. The problem is when Van Dyke was brought in, when Maguire was brought in, when Diaz was brought in, look at the defenders around them. Of course. And that's the, that's and, the only And that's why I want to ask you, do you think that with the defenders around Romero, can they really do that? Bro, I mean, look it, at when Maguire was brought in. Look at the defenders around around him. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. No, but Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw. Okay, they they're coming into their own now. But okay, okay, fine. At Maguire, the time, I, I don't guess. think I don't think you can actually put Maguire in, into the same category as Van Dyke and Diaz no, in the first place. I just, so, no, I think I'm Maguire just saying. I'm just saying when when Van Dyke and Diaz were brought into their clubs, look at the players they had around him. Around him, Van Dyke sort of took level Liverpool to that level, but Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson, and Joel Matip and Gomez are very, very good defenders. Matip, not so much because he's a walking hospital bed, <laughs> but apart yeah, from that... Just, just after the memes. Apart from that, you know, Robertson and Trent Alexander are the two best fullbacks in the Premier League. 
So Van Dyke coming in, Diaz coming in, and Ryan, you, you can agree on this. Diaz coming in, Cancelo and Walker and Bendy and, and Stones, he, he elevated them. I think Romero is good. I just don't see him elevating that tournament defense. Like, yeah, so yeah, really? I, like, it's a mistake on my part to say that. But given if they do, and it's been rumored that they're going to bring in another two defenders, a right back and a center back, if that happens, we'll see. But it's a good signing. Like, I just can't, I can't say anything against it. And, and I, I watched Tottenham in that preseason friendly against Arsenal. They look good. They looked like the Wolves side from a couple of years ago, where there was just constant counterattacks. It just looks so much. It looked very fluid. Um, yeah, and you throw and like there's no Kane, obviously, and this is all contingent on Kane staying. We've all said that. If Kane, for me, if Kane goes, this isn't he. he they're, they're out of Europe League. They're out of, they're just there with Arsenal somewhere down in tenth somewhere. But it's I, at the moment, if Kane stays, this could be a very lethal team, especially I, Ali's coming back to form. Son, obviously, great player, great season last season. Kane, we know, we all know about Kane. There's still a couple of things to fix, but if they do get it right, Ryan has they um, could generally Pep put it. Has Pep put in a transfer for Ali or? Ah, very nice. Bit of tiki taka, but somewhere else. We'll let that one slide. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I should say it, and I will. I'll get your thoughts on this as well. And actually, this is actually a question. I'll open this question up to all of you after I answered it. Do you guys think there'll be a big gap between fifth and fourth? So I personally said, I personally think there'll be a huge chasm between the top four and the top and fifth and fourth. I, I agree with you on that one. For sure. Uh, no, I think Leicester and Liverpool will be pretty close, is what Ryan alluded to before in terms of liverpool i think well you mentioned this before but having not made any signings you could say that they're not going forward so they could be going backwards you can't really stand still as venka told me earlier well venga might disagree he stood still for like 20 years but like most clubs like they, they just all they did was like increase squad value so i see that and leicester with the signing of paxton dacca they've already got uh, good enough starting eleven and playing Europa League obviously different different to playing Champions League right in Champions League you'll still be coming up against relatively good teams in in like the group stage for example whereas in Europa League you could probably easily rest more so especially earlier on in the season I do feel as though Leicester can sort of make up make up points with with the squad rotation as well and Liverpool squad which Shomik would allude to it's it's not it's not the best like they have a good starting eleven but like. On the bench, like even when they were There's winning like gap. Champions League, and, yeah, when they're winning like Champions Equality. League and like leagues, it's just like bring on Origi or like bring on Shaq. So that that might hurt them, especially with all their new injuries, new injuries, their new players coming back from injury. It will take some time to get up to speed as well. So it could I I, I genuinely feel that if if we were hypothetically say that that Liverpool only had the starting eleven played every single game for them, they would win everything in their path, hundred percent. Right, but obviously it's that rotation, and you're completely right. That's, that's where I was trying to allude to as well. So I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to ban to Liverpool. I think they're a fantastic club, but there is a massive dip in quality between your subs and your starting, and that's a big thing. At least, at least for like wingers and like CDMs and stuff or mids, they need to find better players. If they do, I don't see them 
getting stopped into the top four. But I do think Rashad said as well, it will be very close. I'm thinking like a gap of like between two to two to five points even. I think it's going to be like tight to the edge. Um, so assuming that Liverpool is fourth, you guys think the next place team will be very, yeah. very Yeah, I, th- I think Leicester will, will be, well, whoever comes fourth, I think if Leicester were to come fifth, they would only be coming fifth by a few points. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. And then you have to have Spurs like, you know, 17 points below. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Spurs are just about every joke, aren't they? We can like literally use Spurs in every joke and even make everyone laugh. It anyway. looks like Vankat and Tromic disagree with us, so let's see. We, I yeah. do. Personally, I just think uh, Leicester. Uh, Leicester's a great team, but they've dropped points in the past, and we've all seen that. And those were down to two things. In particular, one, back in 1920. You had United out of top four. You had Arsenal out of top four. You had Tottenham struggling. And then you had, I think, Chelsea for a while was under pressure to you know, finish in top four. Fine, they didn't make it that season. That was a good season by them overall on just pure effort, but they definitely borrowed it towards the end. Last season was very different. They were in the top four to begin with, and they had a comfortable, comfortable lead, and they still threw it away, right? You can make the argument that the four teams above them, because I said they were fifth, of course, they have definitely made a stronger, much, much stronger group. They've shown their big clubs now. They've, we've got Varane, obviously, Sancho. You think about City, obviously, you've got Grealish. Um, Liverpool, Kanate. And then you obviously have your starting 11 of um, BVD, Trent, Salah, Mane, Jota. They're all fit. Everyone's back to full fitness. I just don't think... And they've got... And listen... Leicester had blown my people's minds before, and they'll probably do it again. But I, at the moment, I just don't feel comfortable enough saying that, yes, they'll match the top four. And that's why I'm saying there'll be, a, there'll be a bit of a gap. Uh, Sean, do you want to round us up? Yeah, I, I, think, I think what I'm trying to say, I think we're all, all sort of predicted accidentally that Liverpool fourth. Have I got that right? Oh, well, Ryan, you're fourth and fifth, but have well, I got that we'll right say. in saying that? Um, and so I'm saying, I think, I think the way I'm, I'm going to sort of talk about Liverpool for a bit now, um, but, but I'll address what you guys have said. Is there going to be a gap? I think Venkat's absolutely right. I think the top four of, of last season, Liverpool, Chelsea, City and um, United, have all massively improved their squads. Now, Leicester wasn't a fluke. But they definitely took advantage of an injury-ridden Liverpool, of a struggling United who always went behind um, at the start of games, and, and a City that struggled in the first half of the season. Like, Ryan, I know City stormed towards the Premier League in the back half after we they got eighth, all their... I think but, at one point. Yeah, at the, st- yeah. at the turn of the year, the City were eighth, but that was because they had a lot of injuries. And they, all came, first. they all came back. Also had games in hand. They were like yeah, they had, they had two games in hand, and they and all their injuries came back at the same time and they had an amazing run. So Leicester definitely took advantage of a slow start to the Premier League. Like Tottenham were first and then Liverpool were first at the turn, turn of the year. So let's just also, so, that, so that's the first point. I think there's, I think the teams have definitely improved. I know people, okay, so I'm going to talk about the fourth place team. For me, also Liverpool for me, fourth. And I'm going to sort of address a couple of things. Now, 
a lot of fans and a lot of pundits have gone into the season saying Liverpool haven't made enough transfer signings and they haven't got enough depth. I agree with the fact that Liverpool don't have, haven't made enough signing. But I think if you look at Liverpool's preseason, and if, if you think about Liverpool's Klopp, like Klopp's message to the rest of the footballing world is that I've got a squad that's just won a UCL in a Premier League, and the rest of the world is mocking us because we're not making signings. Klopp's also turned Andy Robertson into from an $8 million left fullback from Hull to the world's best left back. I think, I think Klopp's come out and said that I'm happy with the squad he's got. He obviously feels, for some reason, that the squad that he's got is enough to challenge for a, Liverpool, for a Premier League title. I personally don't think it is. I think Ryan's absolutely Ryan Rashad, you guys are all absolutely right that Liverpool need one more signing, definitely, in, in the midfield for me, and attack. Probably two more, ideally. I think the border though, I think the border are building towards the next cycle. And I think that's very evident with the contract renewals, building the squad value, um, locking down Van Dyke, Fabinho, um, Alexander Arnold and Allison on big, big deals until 2026, the core stays. I think that's good business from Liverpool. I think that's really smart as well, sort of increasing the value. It, it is dependent on Mane and, and Salah for me, that's all firing. I don't think the front, the backup front three are good enough. What I will say, though, is that this Premier League winning team, like Liverpool have collected 270 points in the last three seasons. It was the same amount of City, actually, exactly the same amount of City. People who say that oh Liverpool don't have enough depth defensive, like they're not good enough, they're not gonna like they're not they're not gonna win anything this year, and they're not gonna even challenge for the title. I think I think you're having a laugh. Like, are you really gonna say that a Premier League winning team who have virtually a new signing in Van Dyke? Like, let's not forget Van Dyke coming back to the Liverpool team is like a new signing. Like I really, I really don't understand where all this slander is coming from from a team that's won the Premier League and won a Champions League. Like that, that's some serious disrespect. It's, it's, it's not, it's not slander disrespectful. It's the, it's okay. Think of it this way: imagine the top four or four different kingdoms. I, I, I saw this video and I was like, that makes sense, right? You have so, so let's say Liverpool. They ended up dominating, right? They, they won their Premier League title with ninety-nine points. They got ninety-seven beforehand as well. The thing is, they, they were dominant for those two seasons. Of course, City did win one of them, but Liverpool put up a pretty damn good challenge. The thing is, though, is that it's, it's not so much slander. It's more saying that in order to really compete for a title where you have United, City and Chelsea basically either spending heaps last season or this season, as opposed to buying Canate and that's it, doesn't make sense to me as to as to why they would contest. Because the thing is, yes, like I said, their, their starting 11 could do it, but you're not going to play a starting 11 every single game of the Premier League. And mind you, if, for example, God forbid, if, but if not, again, not, not bad for Simon, if Van Dijk were to get injured again, you guys are screwed, right? Because Actually, I don't agree. That's why Canada has been brought in. But I don't, think, been, I don't think he's as good as Van Dijk is. No, he's not. But Canada has been brought in for that specific reason. So I think, I think what I'm trying to say is that Liverpool's board has identified that Liverpool's defensive sort of area they needed a signing last year they didn't do it and it completely ruined their season let's not forget liverpool were very very unlucky with do the you think kanate would have if, okay so just a genuine question again if let's say if you signed kanate last season do you think you would have had a better fate 100 
but I, I would argue that Liverpool, I, Liverpool had an $8 million defence. No, but, 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 but I would also argue that up front, they weren't amazing, or at least up to what they used to be either. The problem with Liverpool last year was that offence. We actually were ahead for a lot of... And this conceding late goals after late goals after late goals. And it was because we had Nat Phillips and Reese Williams in defence. That's not good Then again, isn't that the Liverpool point of the football. board to spend players? Exactly, That's the thing. Exactly right. And Liverpool identified that, went out, season ended, first day, Canada's in the club. That's just so one... Liverpool board identified that the defensive, they needed a reinforcement. Now... I understand that you all think that Liverpool need a midfielder. I agree with you, but the board obviously have seen something that they don't. I think they see Gat Navi Keita. That's what I was going to bring up. What are your like, hopes for him for the season? Yeah, I think they bring up Navi. I think they think that Navi Keita is a like for like replacement with Genie One out of. I don't think that he is that. I think he hasn't proven himself as that. But the board obviously feel that way. Now, if you look at Liverpool's squad, it, it's a pretty serious squad. Yes, they don't have the, the sort of depth that Chelsea and Man City do, but I would argue that their first 11 is the best first 11 in the top four. And I don't think anyone can really put up a fight against that. That's a tough call. They're definitely up there, but I, I, I wouldn't say that they're the best. I, 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 think, I, I don't think you can really differentiate between the top four if they're all title contenders. Because if Liverpool were the best, then I think I, Liverpool's, I I think Liverpool's first 11 I, are the I, best first 11. I hate saying this because it's it's gonna hurt me, but I'd actually say okay until let's if Harry if if we sign Harry Kane it's over. But I actually argue that United in the Premier probably got the best. You can comfortably say that is not the case. No, no, no minus you know, again. This is again based on signings. If they sign a mid, if they sign a CDM, yeah, then you will probably then then it's 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 probably gonna be that right. They've they've got Varane in defense. They've signed Sancho, and that's what I'm trying to say is that. You don't have to have every single player being amazing in that team, but I would argue that in your team, and look, of course, when you look at, for example, like City's not a really good example of this because we have a very good B team as well. But I would argue that in Liverpool, okay, realistically, who are your players that you rely on a lot, right? Salah, Mane, Van Dijk, Allison, of course, Genie quite a bit. He's now gone, right? So you've got Trent, Robertson, Fabinho. Henderson. Well, no, no, but again, I, I could easily say that we rely on every single player as well, but who are your big, big players in that team, right? I'm going to, okay, so who are your top three, I'd say? Who would you say? Top, top three players at Liverpool are Van Dyke, Trent, and um, Salah. Okay, so you've got a replacement for Van Dyke. That's good. Have you got a replacement for Salah? Who's up to that quality? Who can, who can continue to get quality? Probably not. Trent, again, not so much. The, the, pro- the problem is that people. He's not, he's not, he's no Salah. Salah's amazing, but Jota is nowhere near his level. That's what I'm trying to say is that for, for, the, for the three percent you just identified for me, you've got one replacement. If all of them go out to injury, who are you going to rely on? And that's the thing, right? Is that you, the, the board, there's a big gap in quality. And I, I'm not trying to slander. It's just, it's the truth. You look at Liverpool. Liverpool's depth is not good enough. And that's why it's they're not. going to come forth. Exactly. I, I but agree it's, with not, you. it's not slander, but, though. That's what I'm trying to say. But the to, fact that people, no, but the fact that people are saying that oh, Liverpool, Liverpool are dumb, they're not going to challenge. And Liverpool actually have the best fixture list out of any of the top four clubs. They've got fans back at Anfield and they've got their first team back who were decimated by injuries. Now I know, I know that their depth isn't good enough. And I still, and that's why I've put them at fourth. I don't think they can win the Premier League this season. But I think to say that, oh, it's going to be a close run thing between Leicester and Liverpool, like, no, that is yeah, bang out of order. 
right. think it, I, I think it will not not disrespect Liverpool just because I think Leicester genuinely good challenge for the top four as well. Like I really I really don't think that Jamie Vardy and Pakistan Dhaka and Kelechi Inacho can even compete with Mane. I mean, Firmino if, if you think about well, if, if you, I, I would argue that they, okay, fair enough, they might not be as good as them individually, but the team dynamic they have is outstanding. That's what wins games. It's the teamwork. Yeah. Salah also, could be amazing. Also, but. just real quick, I just want to touch on one thing. Before, and I know I've talked about Liverpool a lot, and I'm going to wrap it up. And I'm going to give my 4 3 2 1 here. Um, I think Liverpool do need this couple of signings, Ryan. I agree with you. But the fact that people are saying, oh, you know, like there's, there's no depth, there is depth. There is depth there. It's not good depth, but there is depth. And Liverpool, Liverpool can Liverpool had a similar level of depth when they won the Premier League and the Champions League. I don't think that's a question though, right? The, the problem is everyone else has strengthened to that level. And Liverpool haven't. I understand that. Exactly. That's why they're that's why they're fourth for me. But I, no, I seriously question, is is Konate gonna start with Van Dyke or is he about I believe he is starting the first he should game. Be, yeah. He is gonna start with Van Dyke. But I think there'll be news out, but I think it was Kanate and Matip that might start. I, yeah, I believe that is the case. Now, there's also rumours that Klopp is going to use Joe Gomez as a right-back this season and use Kanate and Van Dijk as a centre-half pairing and use Gomez as cover for Alexander-Arnold. Now, Timmy Kess can play both sides, right? Yeah, he can. He can. So... There is there is depth, right? But there's not good enough depth, uh, and that's probably why they're fourth. But I wouldn't write this Liverpool team. I, I heard from someone not from another off at all from, from another from like for people who say Liverpool are going to finish outside the top four. Like writing I, off, I I, I, just... I don't think that's ever going to happen this season. I think Liverpool are too strong, like a genuine. Well, and the fact that we even came back from eighth to third, like we won the game, we collected twenty seven from thirty points at the back end of last season. That's just, with a team that was barely a team, with Fabinho, with Henderson, with Thiago, all gone from our midfield. That's what I'm saying. You've only signed Kanate, so if those same we, players go and, out and again, we collected 27 from 30 points. I know, but that was 27 points too late. That's what I'm trying to say. If How Liverpool, is that too late? Liverpool made the top top four. Yeah, but that was when Chelsea United and City did not strengthen I think their team. Ryan's so trying to say that they'll challenge for top four, but they're not going to challenge for the title. That too, but no, but I also think there'll be a close gap in between the top six or top five. I don't want to say Tottenham would be coming too close, but anyway, that's I really think Leicester's squad depth isn't enough to compete with Liverpool. I really, really strongly disagree. But anyway, that's that's before we wrap up, Sean. Can I just mention a point? I was talking with with Rushabin prior to so we were talking about standing still and how um, we kind of mentioned how. Well, I think this is why people are kind of upset of what Liverpool haven't done in a transfer market. It's kind of the fact that you look at United, you look at Chelsea, you look at City, and City maybe you may say you, you can make the argument that they really haven't, but if they get Kane, they have. But City, as Chelsea and United in particular, they went out and they made sure that they addressed the problem ahead of the curve. Right? We went out, got Sancho. Obviously, that was from two years ago. But we went out and got around. But I think with Liverpool, it's just the fact that you guys have stayed still for like three years now. I haven't, there's no significant signing yeah, where I, I, I think. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think look, that's where we're still. Look, I think, I think that's where the. From. Like, to be honest, I'm, I'm pissed off that Liverpool haven't made a sign. I, I am annoyed. But the fact is, the fact of the matter is, is that Liverpool 
won the Premier League title, won the Champions League title without without a big squad. Like, and you have to recognise that. And Klopp can do that. That's what Klopp can offer. And I think I think the Klopp Klopp has gone to the board and said, you know what? If you don't want to, I think Klopp said publicly that he thinks he can he can win with this with this squad. I don't think he can. I'd argue, sorry, that, that they were a big squad because you've just said that the best starting eleven in this league is Liverpool, and a lot of their players were still in that squad. They were definitely a massive squad to have won both a title in the UCL or five trophies. Wasn't it something crazy? So they're a but, big but, squad indeed. But if you look at like Liverpool's sort of mainstay eleven, they used very little players off the bench that season. Well, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, and, to be fair, they, probably, they, weren't, they weren't injury-ridden, I suppose, as much as they were last season, which is why. Yeah, which is what helped them. And I think I think people are forgetting that Liverpool have been able to do it with, with this sort of similar squad. And, and I believe that Klopp thinks that he can do something similar without making signings. Now, I disagree with that, and I can't make that point clear enough. Like, I think you're right, Ryan. I think, except for the fifth and fourth, I think you're right. Like Liverpool do need to make signings and it's frustrating. But moving on from Liverpool, Man United, great transfer window. Um, I think they really, really are one signing away, one midfielder away from potentially winning the league. I think they have had probably the best window out of the top four. Um, And for that reason, I've put them... Unfortunately, though, like Liverpool, they have a depth problem. And I've put them a third after I, and I've seen, we've just seen Chelsea sign Lukaku. I still think Chelsea are going to come second because they're, made, they're designed for UCL football, Ryan. Not a joke on you, but they are. I, I, I know that all too well. Don't you worry. <laughs> they are designed for knockout football. Um, and, and they, they haven't done it in the league, unfortunately. And I don't think that I think they're one season away. Like you, I think, I think people are saying, and I got Man City at, at the top. I think depth-wise, they're too strong. They got a good manager in Pep. They just signed Grealish for a hundred million pounds. The only question of of can people topple City is that if for some reason mentally can they not bounce back from a UCL loss? But I think they're too good a team to not do that. Anyway, uh, don't worry about talking about Liverpool because I've just chewed up like 15 minutes about that. So, Ryan, give us your thoughts on yes. three, two, one. So, I mean, okay, if, if we're if, if we're saying the, the probable top four, we're going to go Liverpool. Now, I initially had Liverpool, Chelsea, United, City. But now Chelsea have signed Lukaku. And so initially I was like, okay, that might change it a little bit. But I still feel that I actually think United have a pretty good shot at the title this season. I don't think, and this is, the most, again, unbiased, and I have my reasons for it. I don't think they're as strong as City, but they're definitely contenders for sure. The reason why I still keep Chelsea at third is just on the basis that I think, you're completely right, they're built for European football. In the league last year, right, of course, Tuchel came in later and they, they did quite, quite well right in the league. Still came third from memory, third, fourth, sorry, fourth, Liverpool third, sorry, sorry. So they came fourth, right? So just scraped the top four, obviously Leicester bottling it again, to come fifth. So I think Tuchel coming in proves a, a new challenge for other contenders around that sort of top five, top six area. In saying that though, um, Lukaku has obviously been in the Prem before. 
I don't think he was as good in the Prem as he is currently at Inter, or was at Inter, I suppose. But it'll be interesting to see his dynamic at Chelsea, how he performs on the Tuchel. But until we see that, I'm basing it off how he's been in the Prem before. I don't think he'll add an excruciating amount of value. Actually, Ryan, that's a really interesting point. And I kind of want to throw this to everyone else. Um, mm. When you guys do your 3-2-1s, um, there's, there's a sort of assumption that Lukaku won't... There's a, there's, there's a theory that says that Lukaku might not be as potent as he was at Inter. And for that reason... I completely disagree. Uh, no, no, there's like, there's something going around. But like, I just want to get your thoughts. For me, like, I didn't watch Lukaku as much as probably you guys did at United, so I'm more interested to get Lenkat and Rishab's opinions. But Ryan, do you think that the challenges of Serie A football are a lot less? And is that a reason why Chelsea won't win the league this year? I think the Serie A is, is an interesting league because you have sort of five big players, but that's about it. Right, you've obviously got your, you've got Roma, you've got Inter, Juventus, you've got Napoli, and you have um, AC, who have I missed out? AC Milan. AC Milan. There you go, Milan as well, right? And I think those are usually the five that sort of rotate between the top four to top five. Well, they still say the top five rotate to the top four usually. Moving back to the Prem, I don't think. See, we we already have a a, a decent top six. Right, as it is. And I think, again, and I've said this before on, on, on previous podcasts, but I do think that the quality of the 20 teams in the EPL far outweigh the quality of the top, of the 20 teams, or I think, yeah, 20 for the Serie A. And so I think the Serie A does pose a challenge in fighting for the top place, but in the Prem, it poses more of a challenge for fighting for European football. And of course, we've seen Lukaku play, again, granted under a different manager who I think has, has had mixed reception from fans. Um, so I do think that, to, to an extent, I mean, look, at Everton, he was sick. He was fantastic. Uh, obviously, United, I don't think he was as amazing as he was at Everton, or at least for the quality, quality they should have had him have. At Inter, he shined, or shone. And that's why I think when he when you come back to, to the Prem again, after having a good season, um, I think, I know, I, I, probably Van Kat's probably going to disagree with me on this one, and I, I, I can see it, but... Oh, I've but, never seen Van Kat this yeah, worked okay. out. Okay, I'll explain why. I just think at, at Inter, he, he seemed a lot more confident, and I think coming back to the Prem this time round, that confidence will play a big part, but I do think it's a lot harder to, to, to make your way into the top four in this league, and for that reason, I feel like Chelsea have got an added benefit, but I don't think it's enough to get past United Ryan, City this just before Venkat goes on a, on a tangent about Lukaku, like mm-hmm. I did about Liverpool, Yeah, and obviously Rashab, like when, you, when we get to you, keep this in mind, Timo Werner missed a lot of chances for Chelsea last season. Yeah. Um, probably the most out of any top four striker 100%. In, the, in the league. Lukaku sort of fixes that problem. Do you mm. think Chelsea will they like I personally think they'll set up with Timo later like four two three one and Timo Mount and Havertz in behind Lukaku? Does that mean that with the chances that Chelsea were able to create that Timo wasn't able to finish, buying Lukaku sort of solves that problem? And does that mean that Lukaku will counteract that argument that you know Syria isn't mm. as good. Okay. So and will they will he be really potent? And that's the alternative. It's a really good question. Okay. So I think that solves one problem but causes another. It solves the problem of having a striker who can't finish. Or at least or at least can't finish 
as well as they did at the previous club. But it creates a new a new challenge for Chelsea, and that's obviously a formation change and having Werner playing in, in sort of a centre-attacking mid-position or, or, or some sort of attacking position, then that isn't striker. At Leipzig, he played striker, and he was bloody good at that too. So he's obviously a, nat- he's a natural finisher. Of course, one bad season doesn't define your career. I know we make jokes about him, but he's a world-class player. But he is used to playing as that last man who gets that goal in. We have not really seen him, I suppose, in an, in an assist-making position. So whilst, yes, Lukaku, seasonal season striker, will come in and he'll probably score goals for Chelsea very well, I don't know if chance creation would be as much as it was with Werner playing in mid per se. We're yet to see that. But yeah, it could it could be that that is... Fair enough argument. It, it could be that um, Tuchel might see that. But to, to finish off my... my um, my top two, we've got United at second, City at first. reason why I say City at first, not because I'm a diehard City fan, but because our, and we've said this in previous podcasts, I don't know if those ones have gone out due to technical issues, but City's B team um, could very well contest for a top four position, I feel, or at least get European football. So I think squad rotation is a big, strong, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a strong point for City. You know, if, if Mares is out, cool, bring Bernardo in. Um, I sound so pretentious right now, but it's the truth, right? If, if Diaz is out, bring Stones in, right? If Walker's out, bring Cancelo in. So I think one thing with City is that no matter what team they play, they still have a very strong team that plays well together. Odds on that Matic gets injured in the first minute of the <laughs> game and I start crying. <laughs> but the best thing, I think this time around, look, I think Foden as well being pretty imperative. I don't say imperative as such, but being imperative to City's sort of UCL final triumph as well as um you know winning the league i don't think that an, an injured kevin de bruyne is as much of a threat to us as it was last season so i think this time around minus left back we have a pretty good squad so i think city probably will end up winning the title united are a very close second sancho varan insane signings ole hopefully has got his shit together when it comes to man management as well um but and of course to, i mean then again united are playing in ucl football as much as that might tie them it could be a motivator as well so it'll be interesting to see that it's look either way the we, points gap will be between first and second I don't think it's going to be any Liverpool City sort of contest, but I, I genuinely feel there'll be no more than four points between first and second at best. I think, honestly, it's going to come down to the point where if City or United lose like one game towards the end, that's going to decide, decide who wins the title. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. It, look, for all we know, we could have an Aguero moment with freaking foot and playing a false nine at this rate. I don't know what a striker to put anyway, but it could Ryan. be goal difference again. Who knows? Sorry, yes, Ryan, Sean. just to ask you one question. Um, sure, then we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, last question for Ryan on the city sort of topic. Do you think? Uh-huh. Do you see City losing the title? Do you, do you, do you think there's a possibility that they can be knocked off this season? Oh, definitely. As much as I did say that I think they'll win it, there's, there's a reason why we still have four contenders. Right, the top four will all contend at some point for the title. Of, of course, injuries aside, but. I do think that the one downside or the two downsides City have, firstly, we don't really have a proper striker. Of course, we have Jesus. He's been linked to Juventus and he's not a, a first-team striker, right? Aguero sort of took that position. And even when Aguero was out, we weren't playing Jesus very frequently. We we're playing, you know, a cam at a false nine position. So I don't think Pep has a lot of trust in Jesus to play up front and to play as our starting striker. I think he probably sort of favors De Bruyne or, or Mares or someone who's been someone who can score goals to be in that position I think a second problem that we have is an overthinking manager now of course Pep has smashed it in the leagues before but now with United and Chelsea becoming robust obviously Liverpool with Canate potentially some more signings it's not an easy triumph to do again right and so one thing I will say is that 
ultimately, if City do not have a good start to the Prem, that could very well be their downfall. So Pep needs to be on the ball from the get-go. Because if, you know, I think the first sort of four or five matches we're going to have to win to really believe that we can win this title again. Because we did it, what well, we did it last season. And fair play, you know, we, we didn't win it by an exaggerate a very exaggerated amount of points like we have in the last, in the previous two. And that was when United, Chelsea, Liverpool were, oh, Liverpool aside, I think United, Chelsea weren't as strong as they are now. No striker as well could be an interesting thing to see. Um, but yes, I do. I, I don't think it's set in stone that City are going to win this title. They're going to have to work bloody hard for it, and they're going to have Ryan, to. Be I think that both Manchester clubs will have a slow start. With a lot of our players still not back in preseason training, I see that it could happen. Mm, it potentially, I'm kind of hoping that. Um, I mean, again, we don't have insights to the training ground, but I'm kind of hoping that we have been getting a few strong players and strong points at the squad to to be training as soon as possible. Pep's definitely thought about the kind of tactics he wants to play. I, I don't think we'll have a horrible start. Um, we do definitely have a few tough games for the first sort of five or six. Um, don't City and Chelsea have the worst sort of start? Well, yeah. I, 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 mean, I said we sort of as... Three points. They're playing Arsenal, so... You know. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but yeah, but City, City starting is, is quite intense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think if we if that's Do you reckon saying... Mikel will ask Pep for his job back after the after the game? <laughs> I Maybe. prefer not to speak. <laughs> if I speak, I'm in big trouble. Um, but yeah, I, I look for, for for me. I still think City United are going to come the top two. If I'm being honest, I think City will win. But if United, Chelsea, or Liverpool do, I think Liverpool again for me would be a surprise to win. But I think with Chelsea United, if they won it, it'd be like okay, well, fair enough. If Liverpool win it, freaking fair play. Fair play, because with, with with the depth they currently have, that's a pretty damn good feat with these kind of clubs that are also contesting. So I I think City are not set in stone, but they do have the upper hand. I'll say that. So, um, Rashad, on to you. All right. So I guess we're saving Bankat's tangent on Lukaku for a bit longer. Best for last. So fourth place, you guys all mentioned Liverpool, lack of squad depth. I don't see they'll be right at the top, but they will be well in the mix heading into April, May. Third place, I've gone with United. Even though that I am a United fan myself, with Chelsea's acquisition of Lukaku and City's aforementioned squad depth, I feel as though that we are still a CDM away from at least having a rock-solid starting eleven to at least put some points on the board. So, yeah, that's my reasoning for that. Sancho and Varane, good acquisitions. Varane somehow still has not trained with the squad, I don't think, Venkat, has he? Has he no, yeah. He has not, yeah, only we could do that sign in July and he still hasn't trained with the squad. But yes, yeah, so hopefully he's there for our, our next game. We do have Leeds first up. I predict a slow start for us. Uh, we've had a horrible preseason. I think our starting 11's played like maybe 60 minutes of the last game against Everton in preseason. So I feel as though that we will have a slow start to the season, similar to last year. I think, yeah, after after Project Restart. So I've, I've got us in third. Two good acquisitions. Uh, I do feel our squad depth is pretty decent, actually. It's just a lack of a CDM and possibly a backup right back, but even then I'm pretty pretty happy with, with Delo there. I'm not sure if Venkat has any other thoughts, but when, we, when he predicts the United position, we'll get to it. Uh, in second place, I've gone, just to predict something different, I've gone with City. They still have the probably the best squad. They do have the best squad in the league. They've got 22 fantastic players, maybe 21 without without a striker. But hey, hey, 20. Benjamin Mendy's not that good. Yeah, oh yeah. Ryan doesn't rate Benjamin Mendy. I forgot about that. Yeah, 20, 20 good players. 
it's okay. Pep will somehow play Edison at left back or something, and he'll he'll work it out. But yeah, they've definitely league. You know how some teams are built for cup competitions. City is definitely a team built for the league. They'll definitely be up there coming around May time. I predict the the points gap between um, first and second won't be more than three points. And I've just got Chelsea pipping them to the title. Lukaku acquisition is significant. He's got more Prem goals than Drogba at shitter, treat, at shitter teams. So that's something to keep in mind. And he's exactly the signing that Chelsea need to sort out their like lack of striker up front. Werner misses a heap of chances um, like within... Within like the fo- within the box, and Lukaku is a fox in the box that does solve that problem. So yeah, I feel as though they'll be playing a back three as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Lukaku functions in a three-five-two formation. But he has already done that uh, at Inter. Yep. Um. Sorry, I was on mute there. All right. Um. Let's go. Liverpool fourth, nothing much said. We've all mentioned our various points for it. I still believe that they are, they'll be significantly better than fifth. We can move on. I have United in third. I do agree with Rashad here. I just think we're two signings. I, I know Ryan said one in midfield. I think I still think two. I don't think... Cavani cannot play a majority of the games. I'm not a big fan of Martial as a nine. Um, Rashad talked about Delo. He's fine. He's not going to play a majority of the game. Just any, when he can play, just let him play. So I'm happy with that. And he played, it's not like he doesn't have significant experience either. He played for Milan. He played in the Europa League. And this is a Milan team that finished second. So they, it is played, good. Did, didn't he also play in the Euros? Because he came in for Colour Yeah, he did. And Cello. Yeah. He did. He's decent. Like, He's I don't know back. why you'd want to spend like 30 million on Trippier. So makes sense. I mean, if you spent 15 million, 15 million on Trippier, that's a great signing. That is one that even changes. twenty, even twenty would be a shout, honestly. But nothing above. Yeah, he's got no reason. Trippier's a great player. Exactly, but like I'd be happy to take that. It's a good bench option. He changes that right hand side. That's a totally different story. We can touch on that later. Um, yeah, United and third. Still think that Sancho won't come good this season. Don't expect anything yet. I think second half of the season, he'll be better. Varane will be the same. I don't think, just don't expect anything ex- exceptional yet. Um, yeah. Sorry, thank I don't you, really, Rashad. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask you guys both a Man United question. Um, I know we've talked a lot about fans being back in the stadiums. How big an impact do you think that the fans will be Dude. having at Old Trafford and... Do you think that with the proposed, I've read in reports that Man United are definitely changing their formation to four three three this season. Um, I think that really suits United, and I think we might see some really fast flowing football at Old Trafford with the fans being back and all that. Do you think that'll maybe boost Man United's hopes as well this season? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just seventy uh, k at Old Trafford. It's like going to Anfield and having a crowd there. It makes it's the same as playing in like a, in a it's the same as playing in a park, isn't it? At that point, um, 70k at Ultra Rapid is amazing. That's what um, that will definitely spur us on. I do, Rashad, think do you agree that, with that? Yeah, I agree that fans will be back, but 
Old Trafford crowd is not like hostile compared to other grounds, say Leeds or Liverpool, for example. Pre-COVID, obviously, it has a lot of like tourist fans. There obviously are like the Stratford End Reds who are like hardcore Man United fans who go like home and away and stuff. But there's obviously a large, as a global fan base, will be a large percentage of like overseas fans. Like they're obviously fans of the club, just not like inbred. Another thing that I wanted to mention, I know Shomik asked me before and I forgot to touch on, was the Lukaku signing and why it didn't work at United. So they mentioned this on the overlap, and I think it's simply just, you know how some players just don't fit the club? That's just what it was with Lukaku. Not to say, like, he is a goal scorer. He still scored, I think, 45 goals for us in the two seasons he was there, which is like a fantastic return. But it's just first touch, the way we, the systems as well, the way we played as a team just didn't suit him. Whereas at Chelsea, I think it'll suit, suit him much better. And he does have a point to prove as well, having left the club in 2014. So that's another thing that I wanted to mention. And yeah, like the first touch sort of thing. He's not a very back-to-goal striker, but if you want a fox in the box, that's he's the man for you. And that's why I had predicted Chelsea to finish first. But yeah, I'll hand it back to Venkat. Venkat, continue on your tangent. Yeah, like sorry. Um, so I, I think we'll go with United, but just to just your question again, four three three. I don't think it works with that CDM, but we'll it'll work for the first game. month. Like Matic can play one game a week, but then after that, when yeah. we have lots of fixtures, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so secondly, we have Chelsea, and the reason I'm backing Chelsea in this one is because Lukaku, and these guys have already pointed it out. But Lukaku is a very different player to the one we saw at United and the one that Vishal and I saw at United. I've, I've watched a small sample size of Inter's games, but he's become so much more technically gifted. And it's not that he, the first touch is always still poor. Let's, not get, let's get that out of the way. But it's the way that he plays along, uh, alongside other players now, the way he brought um, Martinez into the game, just by just being a creative force. If you think about Kane, right? Kane last season is what Lukaku can be this season. And he was, that's what he was in Inter. So I just think it could be a revelation signing. And the only the problem Lukaku's is... Lukaku's also like very quick for a big man. Exactly. He's very, very quick. And he's also... And people, like, I think I was watching you know, um, a teacher video on this. People think he's meant to be, because he's a big man, you think he's going to be good aerially. But that's not how Lukaku plays. Lukaku is very, very intelligent. He's more... Plays in the last man, sort of. Exactly. He's a very intelligent player, and that's what can really bring Chelsea into it. And this is where the problem arises. I don't... The only way to fit Werner, uh, Havertz, and Mount into the same team alongside Lukaku is you have to play a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. But two shots. That's the only other three. Is that the issue? Exactly. That's the issue. And then you've either got to drop one of Habits, one of, or Mount. Right? Mount, as much, Mount's goal contributions isn't that high and he's more off the ball. Is where yeah, he he's does still, he's still going to start every single game. He's Chelsea's signing, signing star. No doubt. Tomic loves Money yeah. Mace. I, I absolutely like, I have such a Money Mace fan. Yeah. And then fine, you also have uh, Havertz. He's not going to drop Havertz. Havertz is just is going to play as a linchpin in that midfield alongside now. So the only one who makes way is is Werner. And to be honest, I think Werner is very similar to Martinez. 
so he's he's kind of got himself in a hole with all these options, but it'll be interesting to see. That's what he's paid to do. That's what Tuchel is paid to do. So we'll see what he does. And first, I have City. And I don't know where this newfound optimism of people beating City has come from, in all honesty. Because, and I'll point this out, what happens is, and what I believe will happen is, people will take points off each other. And this is what happened in the Bundesliga a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, at one point, Bayern Munich under Nico Kovac was like sixth or seventh, right? And then the top three were clear, like legitimately clear. I don't remember how, how many points, but they were well clear, like Dortmund and Co. And then what happened was actually um, people just took points off each other. So in this case, well, I just believe what will happen is um, Chelsea will take points of United, United will take points of Liverpool, United may take points of Chelsea again and later down the line, and so on and so forth. This is where I think City will actually take points of everyone. They'll take, they're capable of taking points consistently of Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Bristol. They're not going to drop points that easily. So that's where I think the title race will be won. I do believe that the top three, top three, top four teams can definitely take points off the rest, i.e. six and below. But amongst themselves, it's going to be hard. And that's an issue we faced last season. We just couldn't take points of Arsenal. We couldn't take points of Liverpool. And that's why I believe City still has an edge. Um, but yeah, I think, does anyone have any last words to say before we wrap it up? So obviously we did our Premier League predictions. So in the comments, wait, there's no Spotify comments either. If we do upload this on YouTube, then please give us your feedback. Um, put your comment and put your list from 1 to 20 for your Premier League table. And also uh, remind Shomik that Liverpool will finish just just slightly finish fourth. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you guys. It was a um, thank you once again for making it to the end of this podcast, and we'll catch you later. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Until next time.